he is a very cold, very calculating, very manipulative man. At the same time, at other times, he was laughing and he was charming and he was very much the psychopath. So this is justice. He's going to go to death row and be in a cell for the first time in a long time. And maybe, maybe in that isolation, he will start to think about his life and meeting his maker. He's a cold-blooded, calculated uh, psychopath. From April to August of 1997, a killer was on the loose in Texas and Oklahoma. So this all happened during a killing spree in 1997 in both Texas and Oklahoma. There are four victims, Laura Smither, Kelly Ann Cox, Tiffany Johnston, and Jessica Kane. Grace White is a reporter at KHOU-TV in Houston, Texas. Over the years, she's followed these cases and met with some of the family members of the victims, families who've waited for decades for a killer to be brought to justice. Laura Smither was just 12 years old. She was living in Friendswood with her parents, a very close-knit, quiet community south of Houston. She disappeared while she was out for a jog on April 3rd, 1997. Her mom has always said this, this haunts her because she was supposed to come back for dinner that night, and she never came back to sit down at the family's table. But the 12-year-old girl never made it home that night. And as the news of her disappearance spread, her family, along with police and volunteers, searched. Her body, found two weeks later, not far from home, in nearby Pasadena, Texas, in a pond. But no one was named as a suspect. Her murder went unsolved. The next murder was just over three months later. This one near Dallas, Texas. The next victim was Kelly Ann Cox. She was 20 years old, a University of North Texas student. She disappeared after touring the Denton Jail just north of Dallas with classmates. She was last seen at a gas station across the street. And Kelly was also a mom. She had a young child, a toddler at home. And her mother has always said she would never leave that child behind. But Kelly Ann Cox vanished that July day in 1997. Unlike the first case, nobody was found. But again, no suspects, no arrests. Then, just 11 days after that, another murder, this time in Oklahoma. Tiffany Johnston was the next victim. She had just gotten married. She was living in Bethany, Oklahoma. She was kidnapped from a car wash, and investigators found her body the next day. She was strangled to death. And then less than a month later, a fourth case, this time back in Texas, where Laura Smither had been killed and Kellyanne Cox had disappeared. Jessica Kane, 17 years old, a high school student at Lamarck. She was headed home after a theater cast party. She was at a restaurant with friends and never made it home. Her car was found abandoned on I-45, and there was no sign of Jessica. Jessica Kane disappeared from Texas City, south of Houston, and not far from Galveston, but less than an hour from Pasadena, where the body of 12-year-old Laura Smither had been found earlier that year. A friend of Jessica's would later say, it wasn't a car wreck. It wasn't an accident. This was something they did to her, something horrific, evil thing that happened. Four victims across the span of two states and over a period of less than five months, no leads, no suspects, no arrests. Families left grieving and looking for answers, and the body of only one victim was found. The other three still missing. As it turns out, the killer had spent years behind bars before that deadly spring and summer of 1997 for a crime committed over a decade earlier. 
1986, he kidnapped his first known victim at the side of an Oklahoma highway. He had her perform a sexual act and he duct taped her and zipped her up into a sleeping bag. She t very wisely talked her way out of it. The odd thing was that once he had done this to her, he talked to her about wanting to marry her. That's author Catherine Casey. She would eventually meet the killer face to face in a jailhouse interview in 2013 and publish a book about the cases, Deliver Us. Casey says in that 1986 attack, the woman escaped, but the suspect, a man named William Reese, was caught. While he was under indictment on that case, he crawled in a window at another woman's home after seeing her in a bar and sexually assaulted her. William Reese was sentenced to 25 years in prison, but he only served 10 years, and in 1996, he was released. That was the year before 12-year-old Laura Smither was killed outside of Houston. At that point, he had a sister and an ex-wife who were both living in the Houston area, and Bill Reese relocated to Houston. And then months after that prison release, these girls in 1997 started disappearing. But decades passed before anyone connected Reese to the murders. It was one murder and a particular piece of evidence that would break the case open in 2016. The Tiffany Johnson case really broke things wide open. DNA linked Reese to that crime. And in 2016, he was actually sitting in prison again on a 60-year sentence for kidnapping a 19-year-old woman at Knife Point. Also in 1997, that victim escaped. So in 2016, he's sitting in prison. DNA has now linked him to the case of Tiffany Johnston. And he starts talking because he wants to avoid the death penalty. In the Johnston case, uh, they did find semen, which is where they got the DNA. My understanding is he does not want to go to Oklahoma where the case is a death penalty case. Authorities are staying tight-lipped about why Reese is talking, but Casey believes it has nothing to do with remorse. He's a cold-blooded, calculated uh, psychopath. And whatever he's doing, he's doing for Bill Reese. So Reese starts talking to investigators. He confesses to killing Laura Smither, Kelly Ann Cox, and Jessica Kane. Of course, Laura Smither's body had already been found back in 1997. But Reese then tells investigators that he will lead them to the bodies of Kelly Ann Cox and Jessica Kane. This month, Reese was spotted leading authorities around a southeast Houston field, telling them where to dig. Reese has led authorities to two dig sites in the Houston area in the past few weeks, and human remains have been found. They actually brought William Reese down to Houston for the digs, and he led them to the bodies of Jessica Kane and Kelly Ann Cox. Jessica Kane was found in a field buried in the Houston area, Kelly Ann Cox buried in Brazoria County, not far away. Now remember, this is still 2016 when Reese was busy confessing and leading investigators to where he left the bodies of his victims in Texas. And police were just beginning to put together the full picture of William Reese's 1997 murder spree across Texas and Oklahoma. Reese was going back and forth, investigators have said, from Texas to Oklahoma. He originally was from Oklahoma, so we know he had a background and a history there, but they believe these girls were killed because they were simply in his path. 
I think it's interesting how William Reese ran into and targeted these young women. Jessica Kane, Reese told investigators he was outside the restaurant that she was at with friends, and she slammed the car door into his Jeep, he claims. And then he said they had another run-in on the highway, and he choked her and then buried her. That was Jessica Kane. And then Kellyanne Cox, Reese also tells investigators he stopped on his drive from Oklahoma to Houston for more whiskey and claims he bumped into Kellyanne. They had started arguing and he choked her too and put her body in his trunk and drove for hours to bury her south of Houston. So really interesting stories. Again, this is from Reese. His victims obviously aren't alive to tell their stories. So we only know one side of this. But with those confessions and the bodies of two victims finally located in Texas, William Reese was charged with murder in two of those Texas cases. Murder charges against a man long considered a suspect. Yeah, it's hard to imagine what the parents of these girls have gone through over the last 19 years. But today, Laura Smithers' parents say their prayers have finally been answered. We could not have survived this journey without our community, and we are so grateful. The first time we talked to Bob and Gay Smither was in 1997. Search parties frantically looked for their 12-year-old daughter, Laura, who vanished while jogging in her Friendswood neighborhood. Four months later, it was 17-year-old Jessica Kane in Lamarck. Both cases went cold until earlier this year when this man led police to the remains of two missing girls in southeast Houston and Brazoria County. Suspected serial killer William Reese has since been linked to four murders, all in 1997. Without the work by everyone involved, what happened to Laura Smither, Kelly Cox, and Jessica Kane would have forever remained a mystery. Now we have answers. That leads us to today, when a Galveston County grand jury finally indicted Reese for two counts of murder after deliberating for just 10 minutes. From a personal standpoint, we've always thought we knew who killed Laura, and now we know with a, a greater degree of certainty. The Smithers say they forgive the man who took their daughter's life. For 19 years, we've been praying for this day to happen, and it did happen. Prayer does work. We may not always like the answer we get. And I have to believe, I have to believe that everybody is possible of redemption. I, I, that's how I live my life. Guided by her unwavering faith, she says she hopes to tell William Reese that in person one day. With those murder charges filed and as details started to emerge, we learned more about William Reese, his past crimes, and his background. Well, as far as his upbringing, Reese grew up in the countryside outside of Oklahoma City. He was born to a fairly wealthy, or I should say middle-class family, and a fairly well-respected one. Both his mother, father, and sister died during his most recent stint in prison. But before Reese stands trial for those Texas cases, he would first appear in an Oklahoma courtroom just this year, charged with murder in the case of Tiffany Johnston. Prosecutors said Johnston was the daughter of his mother's best friend. So this, this case is emotional from so many different angles for so many different families. They argued at trial, prosecutors argued that he targeted these victims to satisfy sexual urges and killed them so they, they could never testify against him. In the end, William Reese was convicted of killing Johnston first of the four victims killed back in 1997. A confessed serial killer gets the death penalty. Today, William Reese was sentenced in Oklahoma for one murder, but he's confessed to killing three girls in Texas, too. 
Laura Smither of Friendswood was one of his alleged victims. Grace White just spoke to her parents who returned from the hearing tonight. The parents of Laura Smither wanted to be there for this moment, a moment where they would watch the man who confessed to killing their daughter learn his fate, and it was the death penalty. <sighs> it was tough because I was up there for a month for the voir dire and the whole trial. So going back, I was, I was dreading it, but just had to see it through, had to see it through. So I'm glad we went and were there to represent Laura and and Jessica as well. This is Gay Smither, the mother of 12-year-old Laura Smither. I would hope that it would spark his conscience, but the words out of his mouth in the courtroom, or the lack of words, more to the point when he, when he was given two opportunities to say something and he chose to not say anything, uh, especially to Kathy Dobry, who he had had a relationship with before, uh, to not say anything, I'm sorry, I mean something, but he just declined to say anything. And that, that was very disheartening that a human being could be so broken that they, they wouldn't say anything, no, no apology. So whatever hope that I had that he had developed some sort of a conscience that he did come forward, and he did come forward, but he was trying to serve his own ends. Uh, it wasn't because he had any compassion for the families or any remorse for what he's done. Um, that, that was pretty clear today, and that's just very disappointing in another human being. But uh, we weren't surprised either. He is somebody who has worked the system. Uh, he became a trustee in the Ellis unit, which blows my mind. Uh, he worked himself onto the medical floor and was an orderly who could put himself in and out of his cell, so he was never in his cell. Uh, so this is justice. He's going to go to death row and be in a cell for the first time in a long time. And maybe, maybe in that isolation, he will start to think about his life and meeting his maker because, you know, he's not in the greatest of health. Um, and I would hope that he would give information on the other girls that we are pretty sure he is responsible for and he would give answers to their families who are still searching for their girls. And, you know, that's not acceptable. So, yeah, there's justice and, and the hope that he will come forward for those families. Uh, certainly, if uh, anything goes sideways on the appeals process, and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I want our cases to be ready to be the backup. I don't want this man to ever have the possibility of getting out. The plan was always for Reese to return to Texas and face a trial here. The Galveston County DA told us tonight that's still the plan, but it's a complicated case and Reese still has the chance to appeal. So don't expect him back here anytime soon. If William Reese had a strategy, confessing to the Texas crimes in order to escape the death penalty, well, it didn't work, at least not in the case of Tiffany Johnston in Oklahoma. It remains to be seen what happens with the Texas cases. Reese's attorneys, though, on the other hand, argued that he only confessed because the Texas Ranger promised him they wouldn't seek the death penalty here in Texas. But we've talked to the Galveston County District Attorney, and they say they still plan to bring him back to Texas to prosecute him for these other cases. And that is still important to the family of Laura Smither. We spoke to them 
as they returned from Oklahoma. They went up there for the sentencing hearing. They wanted to be there to represent Laura and to represent these these other cases. And they said that's really important to them that they they still have their cases active here so that if something ever happens, because, of course, he'll appeal, there will be more hearings up in Oklahoma. Laura's mom says she wants her daughter's case to remain active in the Houston area so that he is held responsible. In the meantime, there are those who wonder, could there be more victims? Now, of course, investigators have asked that question, have asked Reese, are there any more? He said no, there are not any more victims. But of course, that's a question investigators and certainly these victims' families still have. For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Reed Redmond, joined by Will Johnson to break down this awful case. Will, this is a story where as soon as we have this confession from William Reese, everything starts to move so quickly. It gets a little bit tricky to follow. As it stands, how many murder cases has William Reese been tied to either through indictments, through convictions, or through his own words, his confession? Well, so it's really the three cases in Texas and the one in Oklahoma that he's been convicted and is now facing the death penalty for. He'll go back to Texas where those other cases will eventually be tried. You touched on this a little bit at the end, but we're talking about a man who was in and out of jail for decades after he was known to have begun killing and to date has not expressed remorse. I mean, it, it makes sense that people would wonder if there might be more victims out there that we don't know about. Yeah, without a doubt. And in fact, uh, the Texas Ranger who got the confession out of William Reese, and if you uh, look into that confession more, you know, it's really, it, it's pretty impressive how this Texas Ranger, you know, planned ahead. He went into that interview with him and showed him photos of potential victims. And Reese said, you know, come back on, uh, next week and I'll tell you more. But this Texas Ranger had a real plan and in fact had looked at how other people had interviewed William Reese and did things a little differently. He said he didn't want to appeal to his morality, which maybe suggests that there wasn't a lot there to consider uh, in terms of morality in the first place. But he asked him that question. He said, are there any more out there? William Reese replied, according to uh, testimony and according to uh, th that interview, no, no more, that's it. Do we know if he had any ties to any of these victims? You talked a little bit about how he ran into one of these women, but were the others just just random girls and women who were in the wrong place at the wrong time? My understanding is, yeah, really, like th at least three of them were almost completely random, if if not random. Uh, he bumped into them. In some cases, he had like a confrontation, and one was at a car wash. One where uh, he bumped into one of them, at, uh, you know, in front of a convenience store. It, it was horrific when you think about the fact that William Reese was just out there and running into these people, and then. They were disappearing. Uh, you have the case of the of the young girl who went for a, a run, a, a, a short run before breakfast and didn't come back home. I should say that in the case of Tiffany Johnson, she was actually the daughter of one of his mother's friends. So Reese reportedly may have actually been stalking her in that case. Now, as we're looking back, so many people are trying to understand how someone could do all of this, why someone would do all of this. You mentioned the woman who escaped, which led to Reese's conviction for kidnapping back in the 80s. She's someone who actually had a chance to ask him that question face-to-face, -face, right? That's right. And again, a lot of this information was revealed uh, in court testimony. Certainly, uh, a lot of the interrogation and that interview that the Texas Ranger had with Reese was revealed in court and to the jury. 
but in the case of, of the young woman, she was a University of Oklahoma student who escaped after she was uh, kidnapped by Reese in 1986. And according to the Oklahoman, uh, and according to her testimony from a preliminary hearing about that ordeal, uh, which was read to jurors, she asked Reese why he was doing this. He replied, because I'm crazy. All right, Will, we'll have to keep our listeners posted with anything else that happens as those cases go to trial. For now, I'm working on a story for next week with our station in, uh, in Idaho. All right, we'll be back next week with a new case and a new story.